Rise with India podcast on ET Now. Good morning and happy Monday to you. This is the daily morning update from ET Now and I'm Alex Matthew. Here's everything that you need to know at the start of your week. Let's start with the good news. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman was speaking at the Economic Times Awards for Corporate Excellence when she said that there is concrete evidence of an economic revival underway in India. She said that high-frequency indicators including the manufacturing and services PMI, e-way bills, rail freight and GST collections are all indicating that the positivity being felt is grounded in reality. Still, the recent spurt in COVID-19 cases here in India has been a reason for worry. Indeed, in the 24 hours to 8 a.m. on Sunday, the country added nearly 44,000 cases. And what's more critical to note is that new cases have exceeded single-day recoveries since the 11th of March, and that has pushed active cases higher to 3.09 lakh. A large chunk of the new cases are coming from just three states. That's according to the health ministry. Maharashtra, Kerala and Punjab account for 76.2% of the total active caseload, with Maharashtra accounting for about 62% of these cases. In order to contend with the rise in cases, some local administrations are reimposing restrictions. The Municipal Corporation in Mumbai, for example, over the weekend issued a circular that said that random rapid antigen testing at crowded places such as malls, Kaugalis, railway stations for inbound trains, MSRTC bus depots, markets, tourist places and restaurants would be conducted. Meanwhile, the vaccine rollout gathers pace as close to 4.5 crore individuals had received the shot as of yesterday. Meanwhile, your favorite alu bhajia or vada pao is set to cost less to make. Potato prices in both producing and consuming areas across India have fallen by as much as 50% to 5 to 6 rupees per kg on account of a good rabi crop as per the government data. Now, gold imports, which have a bearing on the country's current account deficit, fell 3.3% to $26.1 billion during the first 11 months of the ongoing financial year, according to the Commerce Ministry data. The decline in gold imports has helped in narrowing the country's trade deficit to $84.6 billion in the first 11 months of the year, as against over $150 billion a year ago. In international news, People's Bank of China Governor Yi Gang said in Beijing on Sunday that China still has room to pump more cash into its economy while keeping its debt ratio stable. Yi was speaking at the China Development Forum when he said that this would not only provide positive incentives for economic players, but also help create an environment less likely to spawn financial risks. In Europe, The Turkish lira fell as much as 15% this morning after President Recep Tayyip Erdogan removed the country's central bank governor following a bigger-than-expected increase in interest rates. The lira slide is being seen as an isolated event, though, and is unlikely to have a spillover effect on other emerging currencies. Saudi Aramco is planning to expand and intensify its cooperation with China, teaming up on research in areas including hydrogen and ammonia production from natural gas, according to Aramco's chief executive officer, Amin Nasser. 
Meanwhile, Aramco's $75 billion dividend has survived one of the biggest disruptions to oil markets in decades. Despite a slump in earnings and revenue, the company will make the largest payout of any listed company in the world, almost all of which goes to the Saudi government. And with that, it's over to Rohit Singh for the trade setup for the day in India. Morning, Rohit. How are we looking today? Good morning, Alex, and to all our listeners. This promises to be a brand new week of busy market action, and we'll tell you all that you need to know about it. First up, the good news. Both FIS and DIS were net buyers on Friday, and that had scripted a handsome rebound by the time we ended this session. We managed to rebound almost 400 points on the Nifty from the lows of Friday. When institutional money moves in, it's like a rising tide, and that tide has wiped out five days of losses for the index. Still, we ended the week with a 2% cut. It was also the first down week this month. Mid and small caps bore the brunt of the selling, but the fluctuations of the week had also thrown up opportunities for those who had the stomach for risk. Remember, we're about 6% off the all-time highs on the index. FPIs sure don't want to be left behind. Probably they know bull market corrections are swift and may not last for a very long time. For the month of March, FPIs have plowed in about 8,600 crore rupees. So it seems the flows may have resumed after a brief dry spell early this month. The measure of market volatility India VIX, which we have been observing for a while, supported bulls on Friday. VIX closed below 20, which is considered to be a sign of bullish momentum. This also happens to be an expiry week, so expect some choppiness purely for that reason. The volatility in the market is now more due to the spike in global bond yields than anything else. US bond yields have struck around the highs, and that has meant the Dow and S&P 500 ended the week with modest losses, snapping a two-week winning streak. Banks weighed heavy after the U.S. Fed decided not to extend a COVID-era capital break. U.S. 10-year yields swayed a bit but ended flat at around 1.73%, still hovering near 14-month highs. Is a rise in the U.S. bond yields getting overdone? Street seems to be getting divided on this. We'll continue to get you more important opinions as we go along. How does Asia look at the start of the day? Well, Turkish presence shock decision to replace the central bank chief overnight has sent lira tumbling down and japan has opened with some caution let's take a look at some of the names that could be buzzing this morning air travel is set to get expensive as government has increased the lowered limit on airfares by five percent as atf prices rise the next md and ceo of tata motors will not be taking up the job gunter bushek is expected to continue at tata motors till june 30th it is not immediately clear whether Lister Sella backed out or Tata Motors withdrew its offer. Future Group is expected to file an appeal before a divisional bench of Delhi High Court against the interim order of a single judge bench stalling the deal with Reliance. On to some IPO action, the issue of Nazara Tech has been subscribed a massive 175 times. This is the third highest ever subscription for an IPO of more than 200 crore rupee size. Barbecue Nation IPO is all set to hit the burner this week expect high interest in this name as well. I can't wrap up without mentioning how terrible the COVID numbers are beginning to look. The second wave of the COVID virus continues to engulf more people. Latest tally records close to 44,000 new cases across India as reported on Sunday. This is the highest single-day rise so far this year, with cases rising for 11th day in a row. Rajasthan is imposing night curfew in eight cities, Karnataka's health minister also said the second wave has begun and people should cooperate to check the rise. 
Maharashtra has in fact witnessed the highest one-day spike and the chief minister has gone on record to say that lockdown remains an op option for the state. So considering all factors before us, does a correction of about 6% from all-time highs on the nifty merit a sustainable rebound? We'll find out as the week unfolds. It is time for me to sign out only to join you tomorrow morning with another look at day's market setup and the stocks that will be active. Here's wishing you a profitable day ahead. Thank you for listening in. Alex, I hand it back to you. Thanks, Rohit. And thank you all for listening in. This is Alex Matthews signing off. Have a great day. The Rise with India podcast on ET Now.